Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along, check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Assembly Rooms Ballroom. Please welcome a man who stayed up till half past 11 p.m. last night. It's incredible. It's Richard Herring. Oh yeah, I stayed up all night. All night, 11.30, I was up to incredible, incredible scenes for a 55-year-old man. Hello everyone, welcome to the show. Welcome to Richard Herring's Landlords Shall Triumph podcast. Uh, in a big uh, newspaper article today about uh, how uh, people like Tony Law, who's a fantastic comedian, you must go and see. He's Woo. done this podcast a couple of times, uh, Liam knows him. Uh, and uh, he's having to stay in a caravan like two or three miles away and because that's the only thing you can afford. So it brings a lot of trouble. That's what I'm going to say. But I was, uh, I was hanging out with the cool kids in the Fringe Club in 1987 last night. Uh, and they call it Rallastabus. I don't know if that's going to catch up. I was at the Gilded Balloon, which when I first came to Edinburgh 35 years ago, I'm really... I don't know how old, really old people cope, because they're like 34... Something being 35 years ago and you're an adult... Just really, absolutely makes me feel sick every t- every time I go somewhere that I remember from 1987. I go, oh, no, it can't be 35 years. It can't be. Uh, and I was in the Gilded Balloon toilets, which I remember very well from the Fringe Club. They used to go down there and play pinball, and uh, it was the only place I could get a shower. It was still pretty bad in 1987, to be honest. We slept on uh, the floor of uh, the Masonic Lodge 
in, on Johnson Terrace, there was about 30 people sleeping on the floor, um, and we just put tables up to divide our little rooms up, and there was no bathroom. There was one toilet, I think, between 50 people. But we were happy that 35 years have hurt. Uh, and I've been to see some shows, so that's very exciting. I saw our guest, the guest today show last night, which was fantastic. We will talk about that more. Uh, and um, I saw Janine Garofalo, who will be the guest on their 10th uh, here. Uh, do come and see that. She's absolutely amazing. Uh, it's kind of incredible stream of consciousness uh, and amazing to see her live. So do come. I think... It's either going to be the greatest or the worst uh, rehearsal ever. Either way, it will be the greatest, right? Because, you know, it's going to be unpredictable is what I'm going to say. Brian Blessed may have nothing on Ginny. <laughs> <laughs> so, do check out all these shows. Uh, I'm going to go and see uh, The Cat in the Hat tomorrow. 10 a.m. Who's with me? Uh, I was going to do the park run and then I forgot and I booked in a show. With, uh, I'm taking the kids. I'm not weird. I'm taking the kids. The kids are Wonderful. We booked uh, four kids' shows, three adults, two uh, kids. For most of them, I'm not going to some of them. £203. Thanks a lot. Um, thanks a lot, Edinburgh. <laughs> Try and break me. Anyway. Uh, oh, and I was going to say, yeah, the landlords, I, I, I was working out, because uh, I'm staying in a very nice flat, right? So this is partly my fault. It's extremely expensive. Uh, if this show sold out every day, which people in the room... I suspect it isn't doing. <laughs> I would still be giving the landlord over two pounds of each of your tickets will be going to the landlord, uh, which is way more than I'll get. It doesn't seem, does, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem right. We'll probably, we'll probably return to this uh, over the next uh, few performances. Do, co do come and see some more shows. <laughs> Me complain. It's going to destroy the fringe, Edinburgh. It's your, it's your fringe. It's your fringe. My guest this week, today, this week... <laughs> Uh, is there, oh, there's th there, we're putting these out three weeks. This one will go out next Friday. If you're listening, it's going out today. Um, he's best known. I mean, it's very difficult when it's an international guest to know what their best known credit is because it might actually be what they're best known for and that would be a disaster. He's best known for his appearance on the Dan Nichols Show. Uh, will you please welcome the amazing... I saw him last night. He's amazing. Conrad Koch. Here he is. Do come in. Have some, have some water. Oh, they're the wrong way round. I've, I've given you my one. I'll, I'll have to swap these round, or this could be a disaster. You get to keep that mug. That's yours. Thank you. Thank no you. one can take that away from you. I was a guest on RHLSTP. Yeah. How many genders is that? Hello. Hello, everybody. It's Comrade. Right. Uh, how are you doing? I'm really great. It's an Good. honor to be here. Yeah. I said to you, I was, uh, I was in this audience in 2019, so it's quite a show. Whoa, I'm here now. Uh, so it's, a, it's a really an honor to be here. Thank you. Oh, no, it's fantastic to have you. Um, I saw your show last night. I mean, uh, it's, you do a ventriloquist act, uh, and uh, it's, be, it's, it's very big in South Africa. Ventriloquism. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, your, your show, it's a big show. In, yes, in, it is. In, yeah, uh, yeah, and, yeah, um, but it may be not as well known in the UK. I mean, uh, we have got some South African listeners, so you can turn away now. No, you want them to listen. Uh, <laughs> um, so how, how, would, how did the act come about, and, how, and, and what, what sent you down the route? You're not a typical ventriloquist, I wouldn't say, to look at, in that you look quite cool and normal. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> That's all my wife's doing. <laughs> what, 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 what attracted you to the, the mental uh, paedophile uh, attracting... Playing with dolls and talking to myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I grew up during apartheid. <laughs> I 
had to talk to myself. Uh, <laughs> um, well, you know, South Africa, uh, there wasn't really a comedy scene uh, pre-1994 for right. obvious reasons. Uh, and um, so, and I love the concept of ventriloquism because uh, it's such a so, sort of so, uh, subversive, you know. Yeah. It's, it's not me, it's the puppets, uh, was <laughs> Boris Johnson. It's not me, it's Liz. And, <laughs> but um, so it, that kind of came together with the political environment I, I grew up in. So when I studied, uh, say, anthropology, I was during the Truth and Reconciliation Commission times. You know, people was coming to stories of actual sort of apartheid, torture, the atrocities. And I grew up in a very... It's a liberal, uh, safe part of Cape Town. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, you know, when you, when you grow up in apartheid, they don't really tell you you're in apartheid now. They don't go, okay, well, you, some people want a nice life and uh, you're like, all apartheid. And some people just want a chance at life and you're one of the lucky ones. They don't yeah. do that. Uh, and so it sort of came to me in layers and the anthropology was a big part of that. And uh, so the ventriloquism went hand in hand in that because it was a way to speak truth to that dynamic. It just sort of goes with it because the puppet can say what's going on in a way that uh, it's just harder for a stand-up to do. Yeah. And it's, a, it's sort of a fun trick because then people are laughing, but you know the story. And um, so that's kind of what happened. It was just a weird, the two joys came together. Once speaking about this weird world that I found myself in. Yeah. And uh, also just uh, the subversiveness of ventriloquism. Yeah, and I guess most ventriloquists aren't Highly political. <laughs> no, 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 well, I think they are. They just don't know it. I mean, <laughs> Jeff Dunham is a dead Muslim guy. So yeah, it's pretty right. political uh, in the wrong kind of way. So, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a dead Muslim guy. You sure? You just invaded Iraq. Are you sure you're going with that? Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, South Africa is a very political place, overtly. Yeah, so it to, and so the, uh, Chester Missing is the character that you, you have various characters, but this is the one that you that's in your show. His career took off in ways mine didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so how did that? How did it get to? Because it's become this big thing, but it is it's sort of not. It's a puppet act rather than a ventriloquist act, yes. act on the TV. Yes. So how did how did that come about? And and. and well, we have a TV show, uh, we had a TV show, it's like a, a political news show uh, called Late Night News with Loi Sogolo, who's come here a few times to the festival, a friend of mine, and so Loi had this show, and then we needed, he's like, come do, like, some of your, because I do politics, you know, the anthropology type stuff, anthropology study of white guilt, has the word apology in it, as I say in the show. <laughs> but, uh, the, the, so, I arrived at the show, and they're like, well, what do you, how are we going to do this, because... South Africa, a lot of the words are very complex, like Ramaphosa is our president, so you try saying that without moving your lips. <laughs> Ramaphosa. <laughs> and so um, it just made sense for me to hide under the table. <laughs> and I did, and then this guy's career exploded. He proper became very, very famous. And he said, he's a household name and nobody knows who I am. <laughs> and what was the, so what's the, how would you describe the character? Chester's story is crazy. Uh, so he started off as a black guy. I'm white. It means all the things you would think it means. Yeah. Uh, but remember, his, his fans are black. It's a black audience. So it, it, we're not doing shows for white people mocking black people. He's nailing me for being a white guy and the privilege and historical legacy. But you're going to stand in part of South Africa. We didn't deal with apartheid. It just didn't get dealt with. We sort of it ended, and then the economic legacy, which is actually what apartheid was. Exists. So white South Africans still on average five times wealthier than black South Africans on average. Six out of ten senior managers are still white. In other words, if you want to make it in your career, it's normally a white 
dude, normally a dude, yeah. deciding, which in other words, if your accent doesn't sound right, you know, so doesn't sound middle class sounding, you've got a more working class black sort of sounding accent, you get treated less, like you're less intelligent. Uh, most black South Africans still only live on two pounds a day. So when you guys go, we've got a cost of living crisis. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, politicians have budgeting problems, it's not the same. <laughs> so the, uh, so the Chester sort of was a black guy on the TV show, um, and he became white because I obviously had to deal with the blackface conversation of that, um, and as soon as I needed to, I did Just for Laughs, Canada, yeah. and it's like, they didn't, it's not that they, they just didn't understand, like, because you've got to know a little bit about race to get what's going on, you yeah. know, if you only know two black guys, you're not going to get it, you're not going to understand what we're saying, so... Um, he, but he was just really famous for interviewing politicians. So I got to interview some of them on his own. He'd like arrive at Lutuli House, which is where the African National Congress, you know, Nelson Mandela's party, which runs sort of their always their oh, kind of one-party state situation. And they, um, he'd interview their senior most guys uh, and, and, and ladies, and uh, that created traction, and suddenly politicians were kind of queuing, and I'd have cabinet ministers arriving walking past each other because they've got to go chat to the puppets yeah. and they'd like ask to interview him they would get selfies with him like what was it's sort of incredible because i've watched a few a few clips of it and they and every you know there's right-wing people in this you know there's they all seem very keen to do it and but you're not you know you're the, the or the gesture is being quite rude to them and picking oh he's in their face yeah proper yeah, so what what's the appeal for them to 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 do the interviews that you would think they would shy away from it. Pain and suffering. <laughs> Politicians, they know they need it. No, no you see, um, the, the thing about being a politician, and your politicians have the same problem, they're just more kind of professionalized culture than your politics. You've got an older political culture. So um, all politicians are constrained by their public persona, right? So Rishi Sunak has to be, he's got to be, I'm a family guy, even if he doesn't like his family, he's got to tell you he's a family guy. They all got to do that. They got to be, I'm the this, so that you'll buy my product. And um, satire is one of the few times they have a license to be more gregarious and bring out their kind of other side of themselves. Yeah. Uh, and in South Africa in particular, you know, part of the struggle against apartheid was a lot to do with humor. I mean, if you're not going to cry, you're going to laugh, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. So within the African National Congress, and I mean, I'm interviewing people who were jailed during apartheid. They were in uh, on Robben Island, sort of thing. So, yeah. and, and so I'm going there as a white guy. So it's very complex, the political terrain, because say, uh, our ex-president's name is Jacob Zuma. It's very corrupt, but he's also a polygamist. He's got like, uh, I've got a joke that goes, you phone his house and the answering machine goes, San Bonani reads the Zumas. Unfortunately, Jacob Gertrude, non polalelo, tobacum, shalosi, gugutuli, tuti kopile, edwards, nono, and tantikile. Are all in the shower, <laughs> uh, and uh, please leave a message. And so, uh, you know, I'm very cautious with the politics of those kind of jokes because you uh, you, you you don't want to Eurocentric, you don't want to be racist at someone's culture while you're doing it. So you kind of all say mocking. He's like he's a total slut. This president, he's, he's, he's rape allegations and it's terrible. But at the same time, you don't want to hyperbolize black men's sexuality. That's a very racist kind of trope in whites. Uh, creation of black identity. So uh, that kind of nuance I'm very cautious about. And because I nail my own privilege and take on apartheid to the point that the right wing loathed me and I've had my street address put online and family threatened and all this stuff, uh, the, the ANC sort of and most of the political left are very comfortable with talking to me because they know that I'm, I'm not leaving apartheid off the table. Yeah. So the political realm is a mix of the social world, the economic world, 
and the political. And we always, when we interpret politics, always go, it's just the politicians. But it's not. It's also who has the money. And if whites... People have the money. We shape what media gets heard. We share most of our medias in English, but we've got 11 official languages. Most white South Africans can't speak a single African language. So it's the power of colonialism. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's sort of, I've realized how little I know about coming to the show, watching the clips. You sort of, as a, you know, as a, someone in the UK, you sort of think, oh, that all got sorted in the 1990s. No, fuck no, and not at all. all right again. And so, you know, and, and you don't hear, you know, we, 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 don't, we don't hear very much about South Africa anymore here, really. So, you know, the, and, and within the show, you talk about um, the, the striking miners being shot. Marikana, yeah. yeah. Well, you see, the problem is that um, I, I think this is how do, what do you be when I come here? I've got to be a thing to you. You've got to be, well, you're a ventriloquist. You're a white South African, which is how I start the show. I'm a white South African ventriloquist. You've got two reasons to think I'm a cunt. And <laughs> sort of just, it's the, we know that's the, the offer. Yeah. But then what else? And, and so I've got to, but something the West sometimes seems to forget is our story is your story. Like the Land Act that took away black-owned land was created by the British. And that economic privilege is why you've got the NHS. It's why Margaret Thatcher, I remember a white school teacher in like probably 1989 saying, oh, Margaret Thatcher, she's a wonderful lady. Well, she stands by us. You know who us was? <laughs> Some white people. Yeah. And so uh, the, the, that, just trying to connect that legacy, because you know, in South Africa, the, the, the privilege is obvious. You wouldn't think it if you chat to a lot of white South Africans, but it is obvious because the poor people are there. They're like outside. They're in the sh at shacks on the freeway there. But here, the privilege is less overt because you th one would think, oh, that's your problems. Your government failed. But our government is a product of, of the West and apartheid keeping the, they were in jail. Robert yeah. Mugabe is a result of British colonialism. You know? Yeah. Well, that's, you know, what shines through, I think, is, is your, your, your own anthropological understanding and uh, I, mean, I think you, there's a point where you talk about their race being uh, invented, isn't it? You sort of briefly yeah. allude to that, which is something Try to Emma, go there. Emma, complex. Emma DeVere talked about yeah. when she was a guest on the, on the show, that it's so, so you know, that you really know your stuff yeah. which, which, yeah. <laughs> which really helps um, Do you find, it, what I thought was impressive um, was that, you know, you've come to the UK and obviously, you've, well you travel the whole world right, and you do gigs all over the world, but you must have to change the act a great deal. It did feel like very tailored to a UK audience and, and pretty much every reference we understood, right? You've managed to make sure all your references... It worked very hard to do that yeah. because um, I, I went overseas, I did like just for laughs, yeah. and I was like, oh my God, you have no idea what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> Terrified. Uh, Chester has a joke where he squishes his face, I'll do it later, he scrunches his face and he goes, that's the face racists make when they find out they're getting black neighbours. And... Uh, and uh, white people shit themselves. And, <laughs> and I did that show in Regina in Canada. And I'd never really toured outside of South Africa. And the, the acts from Toronto at the back were killing themselves. <laughs> They're loving that because they got the nuance. They knew who I was punching, right? Yeah. You have to read the politics of the joke. Uh, and you guys in the room, whatever, you're comedy savvy. But if you don't know it's coming and you live in a very white world, you want he's laughing at racists. It's okay for me to laugh. This is fine. So... I go, okay, I've got to slow it down and I've got to explain. So I learned that I have to frame myself and slow it. So I literally toured the whole Commonwealth, planned, I had spent my life's savings doing it because it's very expensive, yeah. so that I could come here and know that you would understand me when I talk about Murakana. Yeah. 
It was easy because I saw Janine's show and Janine, I mean Janine, Janine Garofalo's show, which is amazing, and but it's just it's called about going off on a tangent, which is what she does. But like a lot of the references were for things that the audience didn't get, and it sort of didn't ma- matter. But then to see your show uh, afterwards, it was sort of like okay, this. I think there was one thing you said, something like a game of thirty seconds or something. Oh yeah, there was a game. I thought you all knew what thirty yeah. seconds was. And then there's another one. It's a callback in the show that I didn't because I don't know what your racism is like. On the ground, yeah. like you, you, you guys say things like you're racist. You, 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 it's not us. We're not the racists. Of course, you're not. It's never us. Uh, the, you, you know, you guys say things like I'm not racist, but yeah. you know, some of my best friends are black. You say that stuff, right? <laughs> so in South Africa or Australia, they'll do this. In America, I'm confident they'll do it too. They'll they'll imply the racism. So they go, I've got a new neighbour, and he's you know. <laughs> You know, they start doing weird shit with their face. They, <laughs> or they look around first. They go, what did you name? And, and, then, and then so this is really racist. They'll, they'll imply race with like a, a gesture. They'll go, what did you name? And he's, you know, they do that or that. <laughs> and that means a person of color. And so I mock that in the show, but they, you guys don't fucking get that thing. You know. <laughs> no idea. So I'm going to explain racism to you. Um, no, well, it was, it's... it's um it's, it's well, the, also the, the, the you talk about this in the show, and I wasn't sure whether it was like a joke or whether it was true. But uh, you got taken to court, but you didn't get taken to court. The the puppet got taken. To court. We we both did, but yeah, but he was literally. You sort of you probably had to go along. I had to, I had to go. It was very weird. It's as weird as it sounds. It was yeah. So what's the what's the story behind that? So uh, we, we we have a lot of racists in South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> uh, and so we, we, there's a the the right wing's all about uh, denying apartheid, uh, which is what you have happening now. Liz Truss going, ah, oh, let's be proud of the past. Like, which parts? Which part? When you genocided native Tasmanians, is that the part you're proud of? Which part are you proud of? Be specific. So um, uh, he, he said, in, he tweeted, in my books, this guy Steve Hoffman tweeted, in my books, blacks are the architects of apartheid, which is quite heavy language, but what it, what it kind of implying, paraphrasing, before I get taken to court again, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what he was saying is that black people kind of deserved apartheid in his head because he thinks they're less evolved. It's as fucked up as it sounds. Um, and so Chester has a lot of Twitter followers. Um, much more than me. <laughs> and he tweeted back, Yo, Steve, that is because you haven't graduated above books that you color in. Uh, and then we went on a campaign because it was kind of like, uh, you know, the thing about being white is you've got to use your advantages when it's uncomfortable. So when you're in a situation, you know, racism always happens when it's awkward. It's always your boss or a relative and you're going to ruin the barbecue or the birthday or the, and if you don't stand up, who else will? And that pain is you using your privilege. That's a lot of the show. It's the same with demanding that we pay reparations, you know, for slavery and colonialism and so on. So the, I, I went on a full campaign. I've got clients of mine from our biggest shopping uh, network, uh, Pick and Pay, it's our Tesco's and, uh, and Land Rover and so on, who were sponsoring events that this guy was doing. Uh, and I said, you, you guys stand by what he's saying. Do you agree that black people deserve to party? Because if you don't, why are you still letting him on stage? Yeah. And we went in a whole proper thing with Twitter and phoning them and stuff. And that ended up, this guy went and laid a charge of harassment uh, that's normally used for abused women. Like, right. there you go. It's, it's just insane. Uh, and, uh, and, and a very young magistrate led it through. So I had a, it was literally a, uh, in law that if I tweeted him, if Chester tweeted him, because Chester was the one tweeting, right? So... <laughs> 
I mean, it, it wasn't, though, because his hands don't work no, well enough. Don't lie. Don't lie, Richard. <laughs> We're saying, they've got to prove that Chester's not is me, is yeah. what they've got to do if they're going to win that, right? Because okay. so, there's no... I, my name's... It doesn't say this is Conrad on the yeah, side. Yeah, true, okay. So literally, if I'd said his name at a show, if Chester said his name, if I Chester tweeted his name, this was what was funny, Chester tweeted his name, I would go to jail. Like a literal for two weeks. Right. So Chester was like, <laughs> you're my bitch. And sort of like a Voldemort situation, you shall not be named. And, um, and that's in the way ended up having to go to courts to get that overthrown. And it sort of made world news because it was such a crazy thing that this puppet was in courts. And, uh, but were you ventriloquizing the puppet in the court? I, I did take him. I mean, I didn't have to. <laughs> he was there. He was yeah. there. But I couldn't talk to Because it also went any of his associates I couldn't talk to. So technically, Chester couldn't talk to his lawyer, who's like was this massive racist, uh, this, this crazy racist guy. And then when we won, Chester just, there's a video online you can follow of Chester chasing this racist out of the courtroom <laughs> going, uh, this Ponzi means down in Zulu. Like, Ponzi racism, Ponzi. Ponzi racism, Ponzi. It was, it was insane. Yeah. It, was, it was also disturbing because of my wife got phoned and through a woman of color got phoned and threatened by uh, uh, white supremacists and stuff and my sure. studio's got online. So it was, it was pretty dark. So I don't go there a lot. So I don't mess with that crowd a lot because it's the, the, I'd rather just put it in a show. Sure. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I, I have uh, dabbled a little with ventriloquism myself. Um, I've got, I'll give you a few tips uh, later on. But, <laughs> but I think what's interesting is you get you hear this a lot from... I mean, like, we were talking backstage about Rod Hull came up, who wasn't even a ventriloquist, but he came to quite resent that he had this emu character who would just gr- grab boys' penises, uh, essentially. <laughs> One way to do that it. That wasn't really the act, but it was part of the act. Um, and um, it would sort of attack people. But Rod came to quite resent the success of... Oh, Iris, this bird. puppet is famous, man. <laughs> <laughs> people call me Chester. They don't care that I have a name. <laughs> yeah. uh, but also, it's, you know, what I like about... 
What I like about doing it is obviously, you know, is the way that, you know, the puppet sort of becomes the dark side of your own brain, the, 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 usually the stuff that you try to stamp down. But it will, you know, last night I was watching it. I quite like it because it's quite a bullying act. He's, you are trying to say stuff and he will interrupt you and he'll, yeah. he'll do all the talking, yeah. but also he'll reveal things about you that you don't want to be revealed. Yeah. 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 No, you know it's you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you know, but I've 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 experienced that as well. Is is that does does that? Do you enjoy that kind of? I mean, it's sort of flirting with almost with schizophrenia or mental illness in in some way. But it's but in a way, comedy often treads that line anyway. I think it's about sort of the mad fool. Is that what attracts you to ventriloquism, or is it, is that just a sort of byproduct? No, that is what attracts me to yeah. ventriloquism. Is the I love the kind of the two because it's at, the, at this one level we're all being childlike we're all lost in this person's life and with this guy because he appeared on TV on his own he's people treat him like he's alive plus they know ventriloquists so the concept of ventriloquism is not part of the South African culture so they don't care that there's a word ventriloquism really or the lips they don't care about that yeah. uh, so but it's the same here just you guys more ventriloquism aware but the, so the, the the offer of ah the little guy's alive this is so silly and then he's saying yeah you benefited from colonialism <laughs> so look at what <laughs> so it's got that that edge allows you to say yeah. amazingly political things so for me I think ventriloquism could be used far more politically i just yeah. i just you know we, they don't seem to do it but it, it's a really joyful way of dealing with some quite dark stuff uh, and my other shows are often quite a bit lighter because you can't make a lot of money talking about racism all the time because <laughs> the people with the money are the ones who need to hear the message and they don't want to hear the message so the uh, and the people without the money are the ones who are going yes say it but they can't buy tickets because they're all uber drivers and work you know sure. fans are poor so um it's it's an amazing way to allow a kind of social discussion of the unsayable. Uh, Stand-up also has the same offer because your offer is playfulness and it's all, you know, Stuart Lee's circle of whatever that thing is, the clowns, you know, that thing. Uh, ventriloquism, I think, is like I almost wind up on that because you've committed to this, this illusion that we're all... Yeah, well, you know, within my, you know, my Victorian puppet can say things... That, are, you know, that, that we're not allowed to say because they're Victorian but you're still you know but you are it's the same thing you're that's able to go no we can't this is a comedy because there's some serious stuff in the show and, and that's what I think you know it's, it's a funny show and there's a lot of jokes and there's jokes coming at you every minute really you know every few seconds uh, but then there's some there's, there are some much more serious and dark things and, and, and weirdly Coming from a cartoonish puppet, that sort of seems, <laughs> it does seem to hit home more. It is, it's sort of fascinating the way that works. And the way that you know, it, it, we're, you're in a tiny little room, so there's no, yeah. you know, you, there's no hide. It, it's it, on you. It's right on you. We can see you, but you actually can so concentrate on the puppet so much, I think. That uh, you sort of—it's it, it, a beautiful puppet. We will see. We'll get the puppet out later, but we don't. We'll uh, we'll leave that till the end, because yeah. Oh. No, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, it's so, weird. It's weird. He's already said it's how he's weird. upset because everyone wants the puppet, not him. We'll, yeah, yeah then, you are we'll doing it again. Go, go yes. away. And then we'll get the puppet. Are you gonna look at the puppet? <laughs> and I might have a puppet. I might have a puppet out, out here somewhere. <laughs> Um, yeah, look, well, tell us about because you do, so you do a more, uh, more family show, right, with all the other puppets. Uh, Your whole fun, I mean, it's what, always what got some subversive, got? I've got an ostrich that I make out of two, it's a really fun show, I make out of two feather dusters and a, a, like a slipper and some sunglasses and then I put it together on stage and suddenly it's an ostrich, really fun, likes to party, you know. Yeah. 
love lockdown because it was illegal for your in-laws to visit you. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and I've got a, um, a, a, like a school teacher, old man, school teacher, puppet who's always getting upset about you, teaches you rugby, you know. If you don't, he doesn't know, to know rugby. He says, if you want to know about rugby, that convince people you know rugby, you've got to say, Ariana die. It's a very South African way of saying it. Anyways, you've got to say it as one word. Ariana die. The back line needs work. What does that mean? I've got no idea. <laughs> but it's always true. So, and that, I got it like, I kind of do it as like a, like a trickery to get the white people in the room. And then, yeah, racism. <laughs> uh, I've got a mosquito puppet. I've got a DJ puppet that I make out of a hoodie and a, a, a cap. And I, I use my his feet. My feet are his hands. Yeah. Like, my hands come through the sleeves. And then he's got an iPad here. And his face is here. And then he DJs live. Okay. Yeah, it's really, really fun show. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you, so you, are you coming up with ideas all the time and some of them work and some of them don't? Or do you, how do you know when a character's going to be sort of big enough for the show or good enough for the show, or are you just trying things out? Yeah, no, it's which is exactly a stand-up. You just yeah. got it, which is why ventriloquism is so time-consuming, because you've you got to build a whole other stand-up social... Like, when you do stand-up, yeah. this is Richard, this is Vibe, it's going to be a bit insulting, yeah. a bit funny, super charming. You know, that's your, your contract, right? Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving now. <laughs> Leave. So you've got to do the same thing over and over and over because each puppet has a different deal with the audience. Yeah. So, so some of them are like slower. So I, like I've got this old man puppet who's a teacher who's much slower. Like he can hold back. He's got a lot of presence yeah. uh, versus um, Chester's very fast. The ostrich are very fast. So it's, it's yeah, I, I play around with a different sort of voice and I'm trying to sort of do both because I have to do both um, for two reasons. Firstly, I'm a white South African. If I make all my living out of talking about racism, <laughs> benefiting from a party twice, as I say in the show. I well, but I think from that's, you know, but all that's in, it's interesting that you're, that, you're, that you're a white guy. It's interesting that you're appealing to black audiences in South Africa, but then it's interesting that you, you mentioned in the show last year you came to Edinburgh and there's, there wasn't a, a black person of colour in the audience at all, I don't think, yesterday. It's crazy. So it's, it's a very different audience. But then that, you know, but you do address that within it, but, but also, I think, especially in South Africa, but, but generally, the issue isn't just. You know, racism is, is, is a white issue more than a black issue in, in that we need to convince white people not to be racist. Racism is a white issue. Yeah, it's yeah. not a black issue. Yeah. But the pro and that's exactly right. And the problem is, and this is, uh, I wrote a chortle thing now for this, about this, because it's incredibly hard to point out because we're so in it. Yeah. You see, when I talk about race, say if I do a show on feminism and I, as complete respect, I, you know, I understand women go through things I cannot imagine, but um, if you do a show on feminism at this festival, at least half the population here are women. So you've got some people behind you. Some of the reviewers, not enough, but some of them will be women. If you do a show on race, look around the room. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> you, 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 it's like swimming upstream. Yeah. None of the reviewers are black. The audience isn't black. And that edits what's Sable. There's a French philosopher, uh, Michel Foucault, which, is, the, the, uh, which is, is about the connection between power and truth. So every society has a system of what is Sable. So when I say white people benefited from apartheid, you guys, as British people, are going to get, duh. <laughs> you know, you were, that was obvious to you in the 60s. That's why you were there marching. In South Africa, it's still contested. 
It's like, that's crazy. What do you say? And I have clients of black executives who want me to come do this show on racism, not diversity, on racism. And they have black, other white other executives who go, oh, it's going to scare the white people. And all I'm saying is that apartheid benefited white people. And the whites, of course, if I say colonialism benefited you, it becomes a bit like, oh, but I worked hard. And you go, well, did you? Do you know that, you know, in South Africa, we have black kids drowning in shit at school toilets? Are there any kids in the UK drowning in shit in school toilets? Cecil John Rhodes' legacy, who's a British mining magnet, sent all the money back here. Uh, so the, the conversation is challenging to white people because it implies that we didn't work as hard uh, as we think we did. And the truth is, we didn't. I mean, my wife's a person of color. I wouldn't last a day in her life uh, compared to the shit she goes through because of the legacy of colonialism. So uh, the problem is saying that to white people means you have no backup. So the show you saw last night is... 50% funnier if there's black people in the room. There's a thing where I go, I apologize for apartheid in the show. Uh, just, I say, Mr. I apologize for apartheid. So I go, I'm sorry about apartheid. I mean, of course, I'm deeply sorry about apartheid. And then the, Chester goes, fuck all happened. It changed nothing. And then the, the, in, the, in South Africa, you'll go, give Tabo, and Tabo, black guy, sitting in the front, give Tabo your house. And the audience's response is ex an explosion. It's emotional. It's filled with, fuck, yeah. yes. Versus in this room, there's no black people, so I can't even go to one black guy in the front. And the audience, you guys, um, you, it's not through no fault of your own, are less connected to the conversation, yeah. which edits out the conversation. So merely by the fact of your whiteness, and it's not an attack, but the fact of your whiteness creates a sort of sub racism that exists that we didn't create, but it is there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's about understanding the privilege that history has given us without... I mean, you know, there's no point in, go, in feeling like, oh... You didn't do it. It's not you. You didn't yeah. do it, but it's understanding that it's there and, you know, and making an attempt, I suppose, at least to... Make yeah, that's where it gets weird as we yeah. start going, well, what do we do now? And this yeah. will give the money back is what yeah. you can do now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the NHS is nice, eh? We would also like some NHS. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, we will talk about, have you, have you, have you been to see uh, anything else at, in Edinburgh yet? Or are you seeing well, I've been, well, you know, the show has been a title. I mean, as you yeah. saw last night, the first night was a train wreck because I did the South African version right. that I really worked hard to make understandable to you guys. But apparently there's some things that are not the same. The, <laughs> Board games is one of them, <laughs> 30 <laughs> seconds, yeah. Uh, so, and I did a Boris Johnson impression uh, that I'm trying to work on, but in South Africa, they don't care about Boris, and then I get here, I go, what do you go with? And I'm trying to build that type of stuff. So, the, uh, I'm, I'm going to see uh, Frankie Boyle tomorrow, because I want, tonight, uh, because I want to just get a sense of what your, the political connect, what does Liz Trust mean to you guys? What does Rishi Sunak mean to you guys? Yeah. yeah. And I got the, some of the jokes working well. You saw I did listen yeah. last night. Yeah, no, I thought, you know, I thought it was very, uh, that's what I, having again, seeing what you're doing in South Africa and then thinking, well, this, and they, obviously there's stuff about South Africa in the show, but it's, it's you know, I thought you'd done a fantastic job of Thank making it relevant to, to the audience. You're in the Pleasance Bunker 3. Yeah, it's like um, a little smaller than the stage. It's yeah. great. I. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think the presence could squeeze any more venues out of that place. There's actually a venue behind my venue. <laughs> is there's a box thing. Because <laughs> it's, it's so I had to. I went into the presence and walked around and said, "Oh, where's the bunker?" They said, "Oh, it's back. It's in the grand." So you go to the grand, and then there's. I, mean, I don't know why they haven't. Maybe they have used them before. I've not ever seen anything there before. But yeah, so there's three of those bunkers. Is there? 
Well, there's Uncourt Bunker 3. I don't, I don't yeah, know. You don't know any we told them, I'm going to talk about racism. They said, God's side. If you're going to be a racist, go in a bunker. Go in the bunker. That's, <laughs> that's where you have to be. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, but it's, it's, it was lovely to be back in the, in the Pleasance last night as well. You know, so it's, uh, how, how many times have you been to Edinburgh? You obviously came in 2019. I've, I've just came to see shows. I've right. never done my own show. Oh, this so is really, yeah, because I was very aware that I needed to build up to it. So I did Canada, Canadian festivals in Australia, and then I came here. This is obviously the the sort of the holy grail of festivals so it's yeah. worked my way here so I, I'm really enjoying it I like it this is an honor for me to be with you and it's it's honor thank you uh, for coming I mean I was, I was like Richard Herring's in my show this is amazing <laughs> I'm very excited so it's it's really satisfying to get on stage and find a way to talk about this stuff in a global kind of way and, yeah. and I'm mean, just adding and building how the Anglican Church was involved in colonialism and uh, they said we love you and also we steal from you love, love thy neighbor and we're going to steal from like the tinder swindlers so yeah but you know it's, 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 there's a lot of fascinating clever stuff in there uh, but it's still a bloke with the puppets so yes. it's, quite, it's, quite, <laughs> it's, it's fine you're going to enjoy playing with dolls <laughs> let me ask you some emergency questions before we uh, oh actually we'll, we'll have to we'll have to get uh, Chester out in a second um, well, let me see what I'm going to ask you. Uh, do you Google yourself? Uh, I, I don't do it a lot because I have pissed off uh, <laughs> the right wing so much that I don't even log into my own Twitter account. Just as a Twitter account, and I've blocked hard on that. But my own Twitter, I don't go because I will get some old right guy telling me how talentless I am every yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah. 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 Okay. I can understand that. So that is, is it? Is it? Do you just tune it out, that stuff, or is it, is it, is it sort of a scary thing? I, I'm, I'm used to it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively good at because I'm a white guy talking to about political heroes and so on, so I get told I'm racist five times a day, but, uh, but by people who are pretty crazy, so I can tell, no, you're just an asshole. And, but the, the problem is when you're like in a bit of a difficult space and someone is saying, hey, you're not talented. And I was like, I just turned down a talent show in the States. So I'm... I'm not bad. I mean, <laughs> I'm okay. Why are you having a dick? And so if you're in the wrong space, and this stuff is, uh, the, the racism conversation is emotionally grueling, especially because of the shit my wife goes through. She's an actor in Cape Town, and she gets told to put on like an accent, and as a black person, it's just crazy. So I just get down from that point of view. So I've got to like manage my emotional state. So most of the time I'm fine. But every now and again, they're like, ah. I think that's true. You know, I think for all comedians, there's a level of, there's an element of that. <laughs> it's not quite as extreme as it might be for you, but I think it is, and mostly you can ignore it. And then every, weirdly, I just find every, I do Google myself, but I think it's more to, um, you know, just it's, it's more of a, a, a reality thing than a, yeah. an, a, than a, a vanity thing. People think it's vanity if you do, but you, you see stuff that you you probably don't want to see, and most yeah. of the time. You can go, oh, it doesn't matter, and then occasionally one will really get off your skin. And, yeah. and mainly because it's just, you just want to get to the person and go, look, can I just explain to you? That's exactly it. That, you know, it's so unreasonable. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's, let's um, uh, which celebrity would you like to stroke your hair as you die? <laughs> uh, know, it's it got to be, be one of the Thunderbirds. <laughs> It's got to be, of course. Well, like, so you, you know, that into puppets. Yes, puppet. uh, yes, definitely. When I die, there's got to be a puppet going, <laughs> make me talk. Um, uh, and uh, let me, let me. If, all right, here's a question that won't, that hopefully will change the, the subject away. If you had to be given oral sex by a dinosaur, if you had to be, which dinosaur would you like to be given oral sex? Bonnie. 
<laughs> Barney. He's so soft and cute. Yeah. And he's sort of a puppet. <laughs> is he, I mean, is there anything? Is, it would just, it would I don't care. Again, that it's another stuffing bit. Stuffing is so soft. Just, is everything a puppet? I want to see if we can get... <laughs> I'll ask you, there is, I do have an emergency question about puppets, which is, which do you consider to be the sexiest TV puppet? Is it still Barney, or is there a sexiest? Bar- <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know. I've seen the spitting image you guys are going there. That Boris is pretty sexy. <laughs> <laughs> His face looks like it's oven ready. <laughs> I mean, you know, but I think, well, there's again, there's a question about which, which, uh, what, what's, what is the most right wing person that you've ever been sexually attracted to? Do you, do, do you find, do you find, is it Boris Johnson? A puppet of Boris Boris's Johnson? hair. I don't know yeah. what it is. It's like a Yorkshire Terrier. It's very it's, sexy. There's something sexy about it. It is very racist. There's bigots are hilarious. Well, this is, it's quite fun being here because I'm in the environments where, as I say, political, it's politically complex. But when I go to Australia uh, or here, all the assholes are whites. Which, in a weird way, allows me rain that I would never have. Like, it just, I could be a, I could just rip them apart. I, could, like, I don't have to go, okay, this, I got it. They'll get me cancelled, and that's racist. But this, Australia's biggest dickhead is a guy called Peter, one of their biggest, they've got a lot of dickheads. They, they, <laughs> but they, one of their biggest dickheads is a guy called Peter Dutton, and he looks like Chester, so it's just fantastic. <laughs> it's really just bald asshole. Yeah, oh, you say that uh, Chester, you, you reference Harry Hill for looking like Chester. I need I, some people. I think, I think if you say, Al Murray, I think you might. It'll be funny. I'll try Al Murray. Try Al Murray. He looks like that Mick Lynch guy from the uh, RMT. What's his he name? He does look a bit like Mike Lynch. Mick, Mick Lynch. Mike Lynch. Yeah, is Mick, Mick Lynch. Mike, what's his Mike name? Lynch. Mike. What's his name? Lynch. Mike, Mick. 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 Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you guys know who? Like, is he? He's in the because I've been watching your news for like um like months now. So for me, he's like everywhere. But is he part of your public consciousness? Like, if I say Mick Lynch, do most of you know what? I have you pictured him? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think so? But you are like this kind of people. these. These they're not really a sample. Yeah, you can look at them. They're very, they're very trade union. Orders. They are. They. <laughs> they thought this was a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, shall we? Shall we meet? We'll do it. Shall yeah. We meet, uh, meet Chester, and then I'll. I'll let's do you first. Let's then do, I'll. Then I'll show you how you it's first. really done. <laughs> we'll see. How, we might ask him some emergency questions. Right. We are. We we're here with Richard. Here. No, not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance. A podcast. Oh wow, your career's going. Oh my god! Hello. Wow. We're in. A, this is a finally a venue that's big enough. We're performing in a shoebox. Frickin' hello. Hello. Thank you. My name is Nick Lynch. <laughs> or Al Murray. Thank you for that. Yeah, I'm having Al Murray. Hey, Al Murray. Huh? Yeah. Now, <laughs> that's the face. That's my. Ju- I do that. That's the face. Racist snake when they get black neighbors. <laughs> and, and last night at the list party, oh my god, <laughs> they shat themselves. <laughs> well, it's nice to meet you, uh, Chester. And you too, Richard Thank Herring. You, yeah, I, I saw you in my show last night. I was yes. very excited. I was like, oh my god, there's someone who's getting the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> we need one person. <laughs> Um, shall I ask you an emergency question? Or you I'd love that. Please hit me. I like uh, your socks. are very diverse. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I'll try. I'll do my best. I'm um, a You're much more observant than... Uh, I know. Than it's comrades, so well done for that. that my eyes don't work. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a pup, as a puppet, I'd like to ask this question. Have, have you ever tried to suck your own cock? Do you know what his name I is? I do. <laughs> suck my cock. <laughs> 
Is, is there anything? Is it how? There's nothing there. There's nothing down there. There's nothing there, guys. And I tried to date Dardy for a while. You have no idea. <laughs> She's got nothing there either. <laughs> she took with her leg and made me nuts. <laughs> and socket at Botnik. Have you? Uh, you, I mean, as you are the celebrity, I love the fact that... Thank I'm you, there. I know it's crazy. The, he's, <laughs> he's riding on my career. Have you ever thought of trying to get rid of him? Uh, yes, if alone? you could do the ventriloquism, I'd leave him immediately. Okay. What do you want? Are these, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can do the, the accent. I, mean, I don't care. I'll do whatever that accent I'm you've got to go. Hey, Hello, hey, you, can um, you do a South African? I'm trying to let me see if I can. Can you do a South African? There you go. That's fine. We're in. We're in. That was brilliant. We're in. We're in. Your name is Leonardo DiCaprio. It's a bit like my Scottish accent. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you could become Scottish. They say, that, they say that Afrikaans is just Dutch with a Scottish accent, <laughs> but you have to speak Afrikaans to get the joke. Now, I think the problem, like, uh, uh, there's a few problems with your ventriloquism. Yeah, and, your um, lips uh, move. <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there is, your lips do move, which is okay. Um, you can see that in a small venue. Um, Thank you for saying it. I need it because <laughs> he's been trying to act like he's a ventriloquist, a puppet act where he just stands there. I don't care. It doesn't care. I mean, I, you know, I care. I'm, I'm not. I'm not wanting. I'm to funny. He needs to bring his game. Yeah. Um, but look, you've obviously got your hand behind. There's, you've only got one hand, and there's a hand. That's true. Thing. Thank you for observing so that. That's I'm nice of you. To, <laughs> I'm going to show you what you need to do okay. to get around that. It's got a bit uh, cold in here, isn't it? I'm just going to hold on before I do this bit. It's got a bit cold. What is happening here? I'm just, put my, I'm just putting my jacket on because it's got a bit cold. <laughs> what is he doing? I don't know. I always get this the wrong way around. This is creepy. It's turned into a sex show. So look, Who's your hearing? If you do this... What is coming out of this jacket? It's like a third penis. Oh my God, that is so weird. Now that's making there an effort, go. dude. That's what you need. You've got that's... two arms. Richard, that's how I'm going to look like when I get old. <laughs> <laughs> this is my, this is my, one of my many ventures. That's funny. This is uh, my, which I've got to pick my microphone up, haven't I? It's complicated, isn't it? It's yes, very high-level entertainment value. The special effects budget on this show is amazing. Hello, we're here. Eee, on the right bollock. There you go. Eee. It's uh, right bollock. That's amazing, look at that. But his lips don't move. Hello <laughs> there. <laughs> oh dear, not many people here either, Richard. Shut up. Stuart, Stuart Lee's sold out. Shut up. He's, uh, my, this is my uh, right testicle that I, lost oh, wow. that I lost to testicular cancer last year. That's amazing. And, uh, is that a real story? Yeah. That's amazing. That's hilarious. <laughs> now there's a backstory. And, uh, You've got a cock and a nut. <laughs> yeah, cock, cock and ball. Um, so uh, I, thought, uh, I thought the best way to cope with my loss was to create a, a, a puppet. <laughs> I'm not a puppet, you are. Um, and, uh, and this was what I came up with. So, it looks uh, like Michael Gove. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep forgetting, you can do, when you scratch, scratch up your nose, I remember, I keep on thinking, you can do that. Oh, that's a buddy. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, you can do that. For the it's definitely me when I get old. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of similarity. It looks exactly the same. I think that Richard Herring's testicle might be my dad. <laughs> Who knew? Wait, what year were you born in? And, uh, uh, did your mum ever come to the Edinburgh Fringe? <laughs> <laughs> 1987. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's possible. <laughs> There's only one toilet. <laughs> Actually, 1987 is not possible. I don't know, I think about it. Uh, 
I didn't have sex. I had sex once in 987, but not during the Edinburgh Fringe. One time. The interviews. You're a good interviewer. You've got me. Uh, Thank got you. Me you're talking with your testicles. He's got, he's got all shiny. I love his veins. Yeah, well, it's all there, and he's got a little bubo there. I mean, maybe I'll come and do it. Maybe I'll come and do a puppet show. I've got a lot of different puppets. I've got a do carrot. it. I'd love it. What other carrot? I've got uh, I've got, Prince, carrot. I've got Prince Andrew. I've brought him along. So that would go with your testicles. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's Prince Andrew? Yeah. They all, they're all, all of my puppets are quite racist. So oh, that makes sense. It's, uh, there's a part of me that uh, is some, for some reason quite desperate to do that. Um, I might put my one away because I feel, I feel self-conscious. I, no, like, no, I love it. There's like, nothing weird about taking your testicle out. And <laughs> we'll get a photo together. In a portable studio. Listen, and I'm oh, going to. You've got to go. No, you can't. Help me, Richard. Help, guys. Help. Put him away. Put him away. No, help. We're doing it again. So, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's terrific to see you. And uh, what, so let's just, uh, before I forget to do this, you're at Pleasant Bunker 3 at what time? 9.45 each night. 9.45. Uh, show is called White Noise. Be really grateful if you come because you're more than all the people who have come so far. <laughs> I, think it, I think it's a little bit quiet. It's, it's early no, I'm great. It's I'm holding the show. It's, it's an honor just to be here. So I'm really grateful for who's come. It's been really fun. So if you can, let, let people know and come through. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a lovely show. And it's, uh, you're, you're planning to see Frankie Boyle tonight. I mean, is, it, is it weird coming to... I mean, you must be getting used to this. Are you traveling... A, Alone, apart from all your friends uh, in the suitcases, are you, you travelling alone or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, we've got a team, obviously, with yeah. the show and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but but yes, yeah. But it's, I'm sort of used to it, you know, just travelling around with my little man. Yeah, <laughs> it's but it's you know because I find even just like touring the UK on your own, and you're in your own country, it's still like a weird experience. You seem to be doing, you know, you're travelling all over the world all the time. Well, it's amazing for me to be outside of our little political world. And you have such interesting dynamics going on right now. You, there's, you know, the Pope just went to uh, uh, Canada and apologized to Native Canadians yeah. for their, their sort of crimes and enforced in cult- uh, assimilation of, you know, of, in that world. So there's a lot going on, and I enjoy being... Uh, the South Africa is very small, and uh, the stuff that I'm doing is sort of interesting, and I think it's fun to take it to the rest of the world. So I'm, I just... I'm loving it. I'm just... I'm here with Richard Herring. What am I going <laughs> to complain about? This is great. That's nice. And it, we, I, you know, it's a, it's a lovely uh, social festival, though, as well, and you do... It's fantastic. You bump into people, but also... You know, people and it's the best... Different work on earth so you get stimulated and you see things that you've you've never seen before and you learn and you get better and uh, I, I just I, I love that and what's the plan after the fringe are you, are you going home again and, and, and uh, yeah well, we're going to see what happens here of course you know if you guys like talking about racism I'll come back <laughs> if not I'll do other shows <laughs> uh, but um, yeah the, I mean, it's sort of Soho theatre uh, bringing more shows back um, and then probably come with a, a sort of more fun uh, still politics, but just much more characters and stuff. And then uh, it, it's really about seeing how it lands at this festival because we have no idea at what level this kind of work is accessible to you guys. I mean, if you enjoy hearing what I've had to say about uh, uh, colonialism and uh, satire of that nature, uh, then we can do more of that work, you know? And are you still doing, you did, I think you do an interactive show. Was that during lockdown or is that still, you, you've got like an interactive 
I saw you talking about an interactive studio you had. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, virtual shows, you know, on Zoom. And, you know, because my TV show is interviewing people. Yeah. Uh, so a Zoom show is kind of the same where you're interviewing people. So, uh, and I'd like gatecrash Zoom meetings, but I, I don't like those virtual things. I, TV stuff, maybe, but I'd rather be outside of our political world because, yeah. you know, I've interviewed everyone. I've done our political circuits backwards. And so I'm enjoying just going and, and talking to the world. Plus the conversation... Uh, on colonialism and so on that is a core part of my career is happening everywhere. Yeah. Uh, 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 California is talking about slavery reparations now. I know that the labor brought it in as like reparations, but then they backed off. So the conversation's out there, and it's, I, I think it's great to take it to a bigger conversation than South Africa. So um, I find it very stimulating as well. It's, it's also interesting connecting global politics. Look how Trevor's done so well at going, here's how the world looks from a, and that's what, because Africans have to go, okay, we need to make ourselves understandable. We do have a way of transcrossing uh, borders uh, so that it's, our stuff doesn't sound like it comes from just one place. And it just takes time outside the country, which is what this festival gives you. It's a 30 shows or whatever it is, is an amazing opportunity. It's unlike anything else in the world with some of the best comedy audiences. And the thing about comedy is it's, it's like sort of like if you put a pot in a pot plant, uh, in a, in a in a, in, a, in a planter, it sort of grows to the shape of what it's in. And South Africa is quite a racist, sexist environment. I don't hate South Africa. There's some ways very progressive. Uh, the nice thing about doing shows here is you guys are some of the most comedy savvy audiences. You've seen all the comedy. So it just makes, gives me the opportunity to, okay, let me explore this and see where I can take it. So each night I'm trying, okay, what if I go here? Yeah. What if I go there? And I can get it good in a way that I can't do in Johannesburg. Sure. I mean, that's what's great about the Fringe. And I, and I, you know, I really hope most comedians are using it for that in, in terms of you come with a show and then you get to do it for a month and it, and it gets better. So, yeah, you know, that's, so that's what I'm here for. Um, anyway, yeah, do go and see the show. It's at the Pleasant Bunker 3 at uh, 945 Every night, have you got a night off, or are you going to? There's one night off one in the night. middle, but yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and do check out uh, upcoming guests. I'm going to go and see Veer Das today. So I'm my guest tomorrow. Oh, brilliant! So, a huge uh, fan go and of see him. him yeah. And uh, we will be back tomorrow with that. And there's lots. Janie Godley's coming up, and lots of fantastic uh, guests coming up. So please do come and see another one. Will you please give a massive round of applause to the amazing Conrad Koch uh, and Chester? Miss Chester in the back. He's in the back. Thanks so much for coming. See you tomorrow. Goodbye. You have been listening to Rahulastapa from the Edinburgh Fringe with me, Richard Herring, and my fantastic guest, who I know you know who it was. I'm not going to tell you again. You're not stupid. Thank you to Scamp Regard for playing this music. I'm indebted to my technician and friend. Reese Thomas. I'm also indebted to Chris Evans, not that one, and to all the fantastic crew at the ballroom, at the assembly rooms, and everyone at the assembly rooms in Edinburgh. What a fantastic lot of people you are. Thanks for all your help. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStrike.com production. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. 
and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words and um, would love to see you on the on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.